0: Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice, and impact. Sound healthcare decisions are part of good financial planning. The Classic Business health and wellness feature is proud to partner with MedShield Medical Scheme, your trusted partner for life. The National Library of Medicine reports that South African doctors are increasingly moving into the private sector for reasons related to Unfavorable working conditions and a shortage of the right resources and equipment within the public sector. But running a private medical practice comes with its own unique challenges. With an estimated 79% of South African doctors working in the private sector, medical practice should be run and supported financially like any other entrepreneurial enterprise. In addition to their onerous patient care responsibilities, They have to handle all the administrative tasks associated with operating a small business while paying off often their extremely expensive equipment and then their staff. But they are incredibly time poor and often asset light, which makes funding of these options a challenge and a hindrance to their growth. So now to discuss these issues, I'm joined by Ryan Cohn, who's going to talk to us about how medical practices should be run and supported financially Ryan Kern is a Chief Relationship Officer at Merchant Capital. So Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about the challenges that these medical practices have in, in running their businesses and funding them?
1: Sure. Good afternoon, uh, Dawn. Um, yeah, so perhaps to start um the beginning. So our business has always had an acute focus on providing uh, working capital to SMEs across the board, COVID was a catalyst for us to start funding um, healthcare businesses. And what became very clear is that um, like, um, like SME businesses, doctors are um, they're entrepreneurs too. Um, They run businesses, they take financial risk. um, But often the challenges that they have is with being time poor, and having to sell um or with being time poor and seeing patients um all day every day they don't necessarily have the um have the time to actually work on the business because they stuck working in the business
0: how how do you get around this this situation where you know in order to be properly funded um that you know you get the right um sort of level of comfort on the side of providing that finance. Um, and still filling this this gap?
1: The way we've looked at it is uh, um, alternatively uh, to traditional um, lenders. So taking into consideration that these businesses are asset light and these doctors are time poor, what we've done is we've looked at alternative data sources by way of partnerships with Discovery Health and Eltron Health Tech. And really what we use is we use historic medical aid claim remittance as a proxy to assess a loan size. So to give you a practical example, Dr. X is looking for uh, funding. He needs to buy a new piece of equipment. Um, he goes into um, a portal. He gives either Discovery or Eltron consent to release historic data to us. We take that information. We run it through our credit models. Um, and in real time, the healthcare practitioner gets served with an offer. Now, let's assume that the piece of equipment is 150,000 Rand, and he has actually been pre- pre-approved for 300,000 Rand. He has the ability to play around with a slider and get his deal structured in the way that works for him. He then presses consent, and um, he gets served a contract, which he then signs, and the funds are dispersed into his account in six clicks within 24 hours. The beauty about the product is that it is built on the construct of repay as you practice. So if you think about a um, a typical doctor, they work incredibly hard, but there comes a time where they need to take time off. So what happens is the doctor's paying the uh, facility off with us as a percentage of each of their future medical aid claim remittance. He goes away. For the period that he's away, the repayments cease. He can go, he can have a of mind being away, and the payments then turn back on when he uh, returns from his time off. The fees on the customer or on the doctor remain the same. All that happens is that the term gets extended. So what we like to say is that The doctor repays the facility um, as he practices. When his practice is busy and he does well, we do well. But when when circumstance dictates where, let's say, there's a cyclical um, decline or he goes on um, or, or he needs to go away, the term extends and we walk that road with him too
0: that's a very interesting concept and it must help in a situation where you know you you don't have a steady stream of income and as you say not might need to take a break or sabbatical or a holiday or or something along those lines because you know we all want our doctors to be you know keep fresh and, and not get worn out um one of the other things and i, I don't know i'm i'm sure you must have thought about it is what are your thoughts about how the NHI is going to impact this whole arena around private practice? And are you seeing any changes as a result of all the noise around the NHI and the fact that it is, you know, sitting on Cyril's table waiting to be signed?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, um, always ramblings, but uh, but nothing concrete. I think this, uh, this notion of uh, universal health care in theory is uh, fantastic. Um, However, um, it all comes down to the execution thereof, and uh, there are, I guess, many question marks around that. I mean, I can't say anything else um, on the matter, but what I can say confidently um, is that merchant capital will continue providing working capital into South African private healthcare sector um, and ensure that doctors are able to execute on any plans that they have, which is going to help their practices move forward. Just interestingly, uh dawn to date uh we've managed to fund about two and a half thousand doctors using this uh lending solution and have deployed uh coming up to just over five hundred million rand so what's actually happening is that doctors that are using this lending solution are actually seeing meaningful value in it um for opportunities and emergencies um and um it is um it's really refreshing to see. That we are able to um, to uh, to provide assistance to this very important segment of the market.
0: Have you have you seen a trend towards emigration at all or not?
1: Uh, yeah, there certainly there, there certainly are doctors that are leaving. Um, there's also um, a trend that we've seen on older doctors that are looking to um, that are looking to retire, um, and uh, we're looking at an interesting model at the moment to help uh, fund young doctors into old doctors' practices, because with that comes, um, I guess, a steady uh, customer base um, or, or patient base and, uh, and reputability. But often it's quite difficult for young doctors who perhaps are moving from public into private uh, to actually um, get access to the funds required to buy into these practices or buy out these practices.
0: Yeah, I understand that that's a a significant problem. And, you know, I think there was an article just just a couple of weeks ago about there's, you know, every year about 800 doctors coming out of the intern system in the government hospitals, some of of whom are wanting to specialise, but not all of them. And this is the biggest constraint is that um, the government is not um, offering us jobs, the private sector, you have to be in your own practice and they're they're finding it difficult to actually get you know break into that system, and yet we desperately need doctors, so you know it's great to to know that there is this possibility of of funding you know this the sort of the move of the book as it were well what we I would call it in in my profession is you know sort of moving your book of clients. Or selling your book of clients onto a, a younger practice, and in this case, obviously, then maybe taking over equipment and and other things like that, and possibly liabilities as well.
1: Correct. Correct. Um, I think um, I think this uh, this young doctor piece is a um, it's a real conundrum that uh, that has to be solved. Uh, we are thinking about this um, very carefully on our side. Um, but with our product in its current construct, what we need is we need to see 12 months trading history as a minimum, uh, because what we do is we lend against, uh, we, we lend against a, a full year's, um, let's call it, transaction data. So we need history as a predictive future. And because these young doctors have got nothing for us to assess against, it makes it very tricky.
0: Yes, um, I'm sure it makes it tricky because at the end of the day, I suppose the ideal situation would be a sort of a transition period, you know, so that, um, you know, your your customers, your older doctors, customers get used to the new doctor come in and they don't jump ship. And, you know, some sort of, rec, you know, some sort of record can be drawn up so that there can be this smooth transition. Uh, you know, but I mean, this this is not particular to this industry. You get it right across the board. Um, but they're perhaps mechanisms that are more entrenched in place in order to allow sort of a management buyout situation um, that is, does neatly fit into this industry.
1: Hundred um, percent. On another note, which uh, which are uh, which uh, which I think is also quite interesting. Um, at this point in the year, um, you have got um, you've got lots of SMEs who are becoming aware of the fact that it's a provisional tax season. Um, and they haven't necessarily provided for um, for the um, f- for the tax liability that they have, because of the quick turnaround times and the ease and simplicity uh, with which these businesses can get access to the funds. What we're seeing a lot at the moment is that um, doctors um, and SMEs across the board are actually coming and getting access to funds from us and paying over to SARS because the cost of the penalties levied to them by SARS is greater than the cost of um, our funds. So it's also just an interesting use case um, as a uh, risk mitigator as we go into uh, provisional tax season.
0: Well, that was Ryan Kern, Chief Relationship Officer at Merchant Capital. Thanks very much for your time, Ryan. Thank you, Dawn. Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice, and impact.